Welcome to Climify, the podcast that connects climate scientists and design educators together so that we can help combat our climate crisis in our classrooms. The discussions on this program are geared to help you climify your syllabi to assign projects that not only teach design fundamentals, but also can have a positive impact on our climate. This episode is brought to you by Renourish. Renourish is your one-stop online resource for sustainable design and systems thinking strategies and tools for the graphic designer. You can learn more about Renourish on their website at re-nourish.org, or you can follow them on Twitter and Facebook at Renourish. Welcome to another episode of Climify. I'm Eric Benson, your host this season, as we explore why climate action is lacking in design education and what we can do to help change that. I talk with climate experts from all over the world to help us design educators fight the climate crisis in our classrooms. We could, with a little extra help, graduate a new generation of climate designers who can help make the world a better place for all of us. Sounds crazy, right? How could good typography on a poster or choice of hemp fabric on a shoe make any impact on our climate? The European Commission found that 80% of all the environmental impact happens in the design stage of a project. Furthermore, manufacturing of what we make is the third largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. Our abilities to educate about these issues, strategize more responsible outcomes, and influence climate action is vital for the future of our planet. And it all starts in the classroom. I'm also a design educator. I've been teaching and researching sustainable design for 15 years here at the University of Illinois. I quit my corporate career in 2004 to dedicate the rest of my life to solving our climate crisis. So thanks for joining me on this journey to graduate a new generation of climate designers. You can get involved beyond this program at climatedesigners.org edu. After talking to experts and educators for the past 10 episodes, I felt that on this last episode of season one of Climify, I'd like to talk to a group we're most trying to affect, the students. So I invited on Rachel Cifarelli, who has been working on a research project called New Wave, a joint project with climate designers. What originally started as a class project during her undergrad has grown into a sponsored research project that has garnered lots of support and participation. The goal of her research is to inform us, design educators, how student designers understand sustainability and how they might like to see sustainability incorporated into their design curriculum. Rachel wants to be part of establishing the climate design education model in undergraduate universities that she never got from her own. Rachel received her BA in communication design from Elon University, and today she works with environmentally minded organizations and businesses on projects like branding, promotional materials, and digital assets. Some of her most recent clients include the Sierra Club, Bedford 2030, and the Brooklyn Organic Kitchen. Hi, Rachel. It's it's nice to see you again. We've met before, but it's the first time we've been together on the program. So it's I'm excited that you're here. Uh, for the viewers and listeners out there uh, who have not met you before, let's uh, get some introductions. Uh, uh, who are you? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. Where are you in the world? <laughs> so I am a graphic designer. I graduated from college from Elon University in May of this past year, so May of 2021. So I'm fresh out of school. And right now I'm doing a bit of freelance work. I've got a few clients and my goal is to be a climate designer. And so I work with organizations that are environmentally minded and conscious. And so right now I'm working with Sierra Club, which is a large environmental nonprofit that some of your yeah. listeners might know. Um, and I'm working with 
Bedford 2030, which is a smaller nonprofit more in my town. It's like a local nonprofit that's working to get our town to 80% electric energy by 2030. Wow. Um, yeah. And then I'm working with a restaurant, like an organic restaurant just on their branding. Um, so it's a lot of different things. And I'm finding that I really like freelance life because I get to choose the organizations that I work with and align my values with. And um also get to do something different every day so yeah. that's kind of what i'm doing right now and i'm i'm at home in new york so. new york well it sounds like you're um you're on your way if not already a climate designer you're uh, definitely picking and choosing who you're working with and they're all aligning with that climate value you have, have has that been an easy process for you to find these clients or yeah so my first, I mean, I never really thought of going into freelance right out of college. They don't usually tell you to do that. Um, but I really first connected with Sierra Club by connecting with one of their senior graphic designers and basically just reaching out and saying like, hey, you do a really cool, you have a really cool job and I'd love to learn more about this. And um, after that initial connection, I was kind of able to like weasel my way in and he was going on <laughs> sabbatical this year. And so the timing actually worked out great. Yeah. And so, um, you know, after that, I kind of made it my mission to reach out to organizations and like, you know, make, make myself known to them as a climate designer, as someone that they can have at their disposal. And, you know, I'm more than willing to use my, my skills to, further their interests and further mm -hmm. their organization's mission um and that's honestly been met with a lot of success i think a lot of people are really wanting to work with individuals who share their values with their organization and that's actually want yeah and actually want to um but yeah like just work with people who share their values um so it's been met with good good success rate so far yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, most of the listeners uh, of the show know that I usually talk with um, climate scientists or climate experts in academia, and you're a recent grad, a student, and uh, I brought you on for a reason. We'll get to that in a minute, but I'm interested in uh, how you um, became interested in uh, climate action or environmental justice work. Did that happen in school or was that uh, something that happened uh, when you, I don't know, earlier in life? <laughs> yeah, so I would say that um, it really started in school for me of realizing that even if I am a student, even if I am a young person, I have a role to play in the climate crisis. And something that really kind of switched those gears for me was when I studied abroad in Copenhagen for a semester. And this was the fall of 2019. Um, and I was able to go to a youth climate strike in Copenhagen. Yeah. And so wow. seeing, yeah, it was honestly really incredible just seeing all of these young people um, just gathering together in the town square. And there were like hundreds and hundreds of people there. And like, honestly, just being inspired that these these high school kids these middle school kids are out here like mm -hmm. really trying to make a difference and like what am I doing I'm a junior in college and what am I doing you know <laughs> um, so that was just that was really eye-opening and, and really made me consider the ways that I can get involved and reconsider the ways that I can get involved and so you know after that and also Copenhagen as a city is so environmentally progressive mm -hmm. and they really have amazing infrastructure and um, just like pieces in place that help them be a more sustainable city. And so that was kind of eye-opening for me. And then coming back to Elon, I was like, all right, cool. Like I know that I wanna get involved in the climate action space somehow. And I don't really know how. Um, and, you know, being a graphic designer, it's not really a clear cut path when you wanna use that and also be involved in environmentalism or sustainability. Like you okay. don't really see, you know, or at least I hadn't really heard of many designers who were doing that. And so it wasn't until I found climate designers that I really realized like there's, there's a whole space here for me. And there's mm -hmm. like a whole community of people that actually think the way that I do and can, um, 
that are using their skills for for what they they value and what they believe in, especially in the climate space. So I would say that that was how I really started on this path of design and environmentalism coming together. So how soon after when you got back from Copenhagen, back to Elon, you're a student again, um, how, how soon after that did you find climate designers? Was it a, a long time? And what was that like when you got back to school and uh, all these thoughts were in your head about climate action? Were, were they also also being discussed in class? They were not being discussed in class. And that was something that really stood out to me because I wanted to be learning about this and I wanted to know how I could use my skills in the climate action space. And I just wasn't getting that for my education. And so I kind of would weave it into my own projects. Like, for example, I one of the projects in my class that next semester, so this would be spring of 2020. So like kind of the start pandemic. of the pandemic and yeah. everything happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so one of the projects in my class was, I think it was just to create something, create a portfolio piece, create anything that you wanted. And so I made a three poster series called Go Sustainable, where it was three posters was go, uh, go plant-based, go thrifting and go, um, shoot, what was the third one? Go sustainable, go plant-based, go thrifting and go, oh, why can't I think of the third one? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Under pressure, but, um, you're, you're on the mic, and, you know, the, the pressure involved. <laughs> Yeah, and it was like, a, it was over a year ago, which is crazy to think about, but I created the series and it kind of blew up just in my class and in my community, like I posted them on social media and it was just a way for me to put out there, like to use my skills in a mm -hmm. way that will raise awareness for climate action. And so that was really cool. And that was just me trying to pull any pieces that I can into my classroom, into my classroom and to really create projects for myself where I could yeah. flex these creative muscles and also raise awareness for climate change. And then you got involved with the climate designers, right? That's, that's when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, after I created these posters, I kind of just started looking up like climate change and design or environmentalism and design. And um, I think I found, I found an article that was kind of all about climate design and how graphic designers really have a huge impact on our planet. And then that was when I found that led me to climate designers and to this whole community. And um, I'm so thankful that I found the community as well. Like it's That's really good. carved a path for me and helped me see where I can go in the future. Well, that's good to hear. And it's a nice transition into why you're here today and why <laughs> we both think that um, your information, your knowledge is important for design educators to hear that, that listen to Climify. So uh, I remember you getting involved with climate designers and seeing you post something called the, the New Wave Research Project on uh, one of the message boards there. And uh, I was really interested in this. And so that's how we met. That's how we talked. Uh, for the listeners who don't know, I know there's been a commercial or two on this program for the New Wave Research Project, but if you happen to have missed that commercial, um, can, you, can you talk a little bit more about what this project is, how it began, and, and what inspired it? Yeah, so at Elon, every student has to take a research class. Like you have to come up with your own research topic and you basically are set free for the semester and you do whatever kind of research you wanna do. So this was the spring of my senior year, and this is literally this past spring, and I wanted to study how student graphic designers perceive sustainability and how they saw it impacting their future career, if at all. And the reason that I chose this is because I, like you, I believe that we should be teaching, we should be teaching this stuff in school, mm -hmm. we should be teaching yeah. this stuff to students to young designers who actually will have a huge impact on the way that we think about climate, climate change and the way that we consider even just our own surroundings and our own culture and where we're headed as a society. And so 
that's where it started. And um, it was great. I only interviewed five students because that was all that I really had time for in a semester. Um, <laughs> but my findings were really interesting. And I took this research and I graduated and I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. With this, what do you do with, with this all research? this? Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it felt substantial and it felt like I had to continue it. And that was when we were on like a, a coffee break for climate designers, like a Friday. And I basically said, I said in, in that, that meeting, I was like, hey, like I have this research and I don't really know what to do with it. And that's when Mark O'Brien um, basically was like, hey, we've got this cool climate designers EDU initiative. Why don't you hop on and we can, we can connect some pieces. And so that was how this turned into new wave and this turned into like a really cool project where I get to now talk to students all over the country. Yeah. So how's it been going? You, you've been, you said originally in college, you talked to five, how many students have you talked to now? So now combined with the survey and the interviews that I'm doing, I've talked to 27 students, which is incredible, way more than I would have been able to just on my own. Um, and it's awesome because I get to hear students in the survey talking about, you know, answering specific questions of like the core questions of the interviews, but I also love the interviews because I love talking to students and getting to pick their brains a little bit and just hear more about their experiences as a student and what they want to be learning about. Um, and it's kind of, my, my research has kind of shifted a little bit from the spring to now. So back in the spring, my two big research questions were, how do students perceive sustainability in the design field? Uh, how do graphic design students perceive sustainability in the design field? And then how do they see it impacting their future career? How do they see climate change impacting their career? And that has kind of shifted now, that second question, more to how do designers want to see uh, climate design integrated into their education? Um, and I think that's been a really substantial shift, especially mm -hmm. for what this project is now versus what it was in the spring. Um, and it's not to say that, you know, it wasn't interesting learning about how students see this impacting their career, um, because I could absolutely see it and imagine it, you know, people, like I said in the beginning, people want to be hiring and working with people who share their values. And um, even just in the trend of sustainability now, so many businesses are have to be transitioning to clean energy to more sustainable practices and they need designers and workers who know that who know mm -hmm. how to work sustainably um but so now it's more about how these student designers want to see climate design in their education and so where how can we pull out how they perceive sustainability in their field and then translate that to a classroom setting where educators can take that and like run with it and um, really meet their students halfway. So who are the, who are the students that are um, answering the survey, um, talking with you? Are there, are they seniors? Are they juniors? What, what, are they all in the U.S.? You know, what, is there some demographic breakdown for these students? Yeah, so I've heard, I'll give you all the demographics. So I've heard <laughs> okay. from, <laughs> I've heard from 27 students, um, about two thirds of them are in public school, a third attend private school. Um, they kind of all range from, you know, freshmen and sophomores, like just starting their design journey to juniors and seniors who have gone through the, the run of the mill a few times and, and know kind of what they're doing. And um, I think mostly I'm talking to juniors and seniors who have taken all of the basic classes and who are ready to learn something more, to mm -hmm. learn something deeper than just the technical skills. Um, and, you know, the school sizes that they're from all range to as small as 1,000 students to as large as like 30 to 40,000 students. Um, but where I, yeah, and but where I find the most interesting variation is in the areas of design. So the biggest buckets, I would say, um, our students in product and industrial design, our students in UI and UX digital design, and then um, graphic design. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, graphic design is pretty broad as a, as a, a niche, but um, 
you know, under that there's branding, there's an editorial designer, there's package designers, there's interior designers. And so being able to like, being able to talk to so many different students and so many different niches has been simultaneously really interesting and like totally head boggling because these are all <laughs> such different like fields. And um, it's been, you know, there are different, it's, it's difficult to make connections and find patterns across all these disciplines because they're so different. Um, but I have been able to, you know, find those distinctions and find those distinctions, make them, but also see how designers in general uh, view, you know, sustainability in their field, in the design field. That's really interesting. Is, is uh, the survey readily available that, um, is, is it somewhere where, Someone listening to this show could uh, find it, and and you want you want um, educators to send it to their students, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, you can find the survey. At, you can find the educators' information at climatedesigners.org/edu/newwave, and then there's a separate student link that you can lead your students to, and that will show them the survey, the um, place to sign up for an interview with me. And that's climatedesigners.org slash edu slash new wave survey. So they're similar links, but one. Towards them, it's relevant to what they might want to know about the project. And then the same with the educator link. It's, it's tailored to educators and what educators might want to know. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So with, with all the interviews you've been doing, um, I'm sure you're getting great info from both the survey and the in-person. Do you have a preference? Would you prefer to talk with the students or, or does it not matter to you? I would, if I could do 27 interviews in the span of like four weeks, five weeks, like I would love that. Like I love talking to students and mm -hmm. being able to really hear, you know, not only how they're feeling about their design education, but also just like the tone of their voice and their body language and seeing um, and getting to ask them like follow-up questions um, and basically just getting to listen to them talk because, you know, if I, I can just sit here and um, be silent and let my interviewee just talk to me and talk to me. And, and um, I think that's one of my favorite parts about doing this is just being able to connect on a such a personal basis with designers from across the country that's awesome it's, it's probably been a really good experience for you and one that um i think is important so <laughs> clearly <laughs> yeah. you do too uh so i want to get into the the results about what you found uh, but first we're going to just pause for some commercial messages Designers, we know it's essential to fine-tune our craft in order to lead or create real impact. Yet, what most of us don't focus on is our relationship with the craft itself. Throughout the design process, we might experience creative blocks, burnout, overwhelm, or conflict with team members or stakeholders. Design to Be aims to change that by being a community for designers to grow their emotional intelligence. We take a results-based approach to combining design competencies from mature design organizations, EQ data and research, and relevant meditation techniques. But what is emotional intelligence? EQ, or emotional intelligence, is the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. And growing your emotional intelligence as a designer, or what we like to call your design EQ, allows you to become more impactful in your role and ultimately craft a career that is filled with meaning and purpose. You learn design history, theory, and tools from mentors and teachers. Now, it's time to learn how to inquire dream, navigate, and lead from the true teacher, yourself. As designers, we love to do, we love to create, we love to reinvent, we love to uncover new solutions. 
what will make these creations, inventions, and solutions even more effective and unique are when we learn how to be. Welcome to Design to Be. If you are curious for more ways to invest in your EQ, to increase your impact, and craft a career with greater meaning and purpose, head over to designtobe.com. That is D-E-S-I-G-N-T-O-B-E dot com. You can take our design process EQ quiz, check out our fall cohort of the Design to Be training, or even listen to our podcast, Design to Be Conversation, where the host and founder and CEO of Design to Be, me, Rachel Weissman, has conversations with design leaders about how investing in their EQ has impacted their design career. All right. Well, we're back. Um, Thanks, Rachel, uh, for being here again. And uh, this is the, I think, the meatiest part of the show. Because we're, this is why you're here, to for to help us educators um, with your findings, uh, learn about what the students are thinking, um, and maybe the best way to approach uh, teaching this. I don't know. You're gonna you're gonna educate us on on what <laughs> that is, and so uh, I want to get right to it. Like, what has been the most substantial findings you found so far from? all the surveys you've done. Yeah, so what I found super interesting is that designers will perceive sustainability in regards to their niche. So it's, you know, I was telling you before, there are designers there, I've been talking to industrial designers, UI and UX graphic designers, and they all understand sustainability um, kind of in relation to their own specific needs as a designer and what they're dealing with as a designer every single day. Um, Something that I can say about all designers is that, at least who I've talked to, is that designers tend to see sustainability more as something that they can impact rather than what will impact them. And what I mean by that is that they perceive their, their role as one of a fixer, as an awareness maker, like they can be part of the solution. Um, they can create impact through, you know, improving the quality of life of someone, or they can change the system in creative and innovative ways. They can they can raise these aware this awareness for these specific issues, um, and compel people to actually like care about something and use their platforms to shout this from the rooftops. And they know that they can communicate a message. And most of the designers that I've spoken to see their role as sharing what's happening, attracting and involving wider audiences, and really just starting conversations that are easier to have when they're presented in, an, in a way that's understandable. Um, you know, one designer said to me, like, good design builds credibility. And that's, I think, completely true. And I think that's a good way of helping designers see their, their role in all of this. Um, so they understand that they can influence behavior and many designers from different disciplines like saw this as their avenue toward sustainability and how their avenue of design and environmentalism intersect. Um, but what a lot of diner- designers don't really see is how sustainability is something that will have a direct impact on their field. So That's intriguing. as I found, <laughs> yeah, so as I found from my research in the spring and now with this research as well, like pulling them together, it, beca- it becomes difficult for most students to perceive how sustainability and climate change will directly impact their career, their design field. And, um, you know, they can, they can say that, sure, it might impact my field or it might impact my career but they don't really see a clear concept and concrete perceptions of, of how that'll happen. Um, and so that's what I found really just kind of interesting overall about this. <laughs> well, yeah. I wonder then, there's a couple of questions there, like follow-up, and that is the first one, and you can answer these in any order. Uh, the first one is, you know, where are these students learning about sustainability? 
Um, and the second one is, um, how do you think, whether it be from the educator perspective or from the industry perspective, um, we can better help the designers understand that, yeah, climate change is going to affect them or sustainability uh, issues will affect them in the future. Yeah, so I think I'll answer your second one, your second question first of how we can help them like understand and see this. And I think one of the, one of the biggest ways to do that is just to like put them in real world situations or give them real world prompts. Like I understand in education, there's only so much real world that you can, but as an educator, like maybe partner with a local nonprofit that's working in the environmental space or partner with the local parks and rec department and see what you can do with your class and how you can create some kind of relationship with this, with the organization and your students so that your students can see like, oh, I don't have to just join, if I'm a UX designer, I don't have to just join Facebook or Apple or Google and design something for them. I can actually do work and make a living that feels good to me in a space that actually makes a difference, mm -hmm. you know? And so yeah. pro providing students with these real world um, like experiences, examples is just a great way to start them off in any space, but especially with a space that you don't really see that clear connection immediately. Um, yeah, a couple of our guests in the past oh, have said that, um, you know, what you should bring back some into the classroom people that have been already affected by climate change to, to tell their stories to the students. I'm, I'm guessing by what you said, that would be really effective. That would be incredibly effective because like, yes, students can, can read about it in newspapers or articles or see it on the news, but unless, you know, humans are, humans connect on such a basic level of, uh, just hearing someone's story and being able to relate to it because that's another human being and we we connect that way. And so if you're able to hear from someone's personal account of climate change and how it impacted their own life, I think that'll really help students understand how mm -hmm. sustainability and, and more how climate change can impact their own lives. It's not always in these big grand, you know, weather events or traumatic experiences but it's it can happen in smaller ways it can happen in the microplastics that are in the water that you're drinking right now it can happen you know i remember one of the one of the one of the projects that i did in college was creating a mock movie premiere for this short like 18 minute video that one of my old professors worked on and it was all about how PFAS is in the water that we drink at Elon and mm -hmm. I was like oh my god this is crazy <laughs> and so just drawing <laughs> drawing these like real world connections into the classroom and like working with real people and hearing from real people is one of the best ways to make climate change and to make you know how we understand climate change to make it real and to to put a, a face to it and to make it something tangible instead of instead of something that's always considered far away or not you know not relevant to us yeah that's that sounds um like really a really good finding that let's open the doors to the classroom let's not just be so insular and only post your final posters on the wall <laughs> that that it's out there in the world and, and they're also with you in the classroom so where do you yeah. think all the designers you talk to have been learning about these issues then? If somehow it's confusing, right? Because they they understand maybe some of the definitions, um, connections, but they're not seeing the connection that they're, that it's to them too. So I'm wondering like, where are they learning this? Because I guess I'm like, I would imagine, shoot, like if I'm, if I'm seeing this stuff, I'm like, wow, this could happen to me too. So <laughs> I'm just really curious about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And you know what, I'm not totally sure about that. Um, that's definitely something that I should and will be asking my future students of like, where are you learning your, where are you getting your, your information on sustainability mm -hmm. on climate change? Um, 
because I think that has a huge role in how we understand sustainability as well and how we understand climate change. You know, if we find out where they're getting their information that could either be biased in one way or another, or it could, you know, profoundly just influence the way that they, they understand climate change. So to answer your question, I'm not really sure where they're getting all this sustainability information, but um, yeah, but definitely something that I'll be asking my students in the future. Another question on the survey. <laughs> Another, yeah. Yeah, well, I definitely, I've been, you know, with every answer and with every uh, interview, I think about ways that I can make the survey better, make the interviews better. Like what are questions that are really resonating and what are questions that maybe aren't really resonating that well? Um, so yeah, adding, I think it might be adding another question on the survey or altering one of the questions to include that. Is there a question that really resonates well with the students? Hmm. A lot that resonates with them, I think is that's a good question. I would say I get a lot of responses when I ask students like what is actually can I can I say something that didn't that doesn't resonate that I thought would resonate? Yeah, definitely. It's a good way to answer the question, though. Know, what didn't work? <laughs> yeah, so what doesn't work on the survey that works in an interview is like asking students what are their first perceptions of how sustainability and design intersect um, because I I want to I want to know that first gut reaction of like what do you what do you think about when you think about climate design like what what's the first thing that comes to mind and a lot of that on the survey is kind of just not a, not as deep as I would prefer like a lot of them will say like plastic or clothing or like one word answers like that um, and some of them will say like, you know, we have, a, we have a role to play as designers in climate change, but I wanna know like, all right, but like, what do you see that role being? Or like, how do you, how do you see yourself fitting into this equation? Mm -hmm. um, so, but with the interviews, it's, it's nice because I can ask that and either if they don't understand the question or if they don't, they don't give me a juicy enough answer then I get to ask them again and I get to prod them and, <laughs> and see what they say. Um, and there are a lot, there have been a lot of interesting responses. Um, for example, back in the spring, when I spoke to just graphic designers, a lot of their first inclinations were print versus digital. Um, the idea that like print is bad for the environment and we've got to get away from printing in order to solve climate change and that digital is king and like digital is the way to go. And so that became really interesting because if you think about it, like that showed me that not a lot of designers really understand how digital design is not as clean as people think. And that you just, you just have to think about, you know, what it takes to build computers or iPhones or the networks, the cloud, exactly. like all this kind of stuff still releases uh, greenhouse, gas, greenhouse gases into our atmosphere just in ways that we can't see. Mm -hmm. So, it's also basic things like that and just like making students aware of that kind of stuff that also will have a greater impact and help us as designers have a greater impact if we're, if we're aware of these things. Yeah, and you mentioned your professor um, in college made a film and you made like a trailer for it or a promotion for it. And yeah. so it seems like you got some conversations in your classrooms about sustainability um, or about climate impacts. Uh, do you find from the survey that that's pretty common with other students or, or, or not? So I would say for my own education, I, most of it was just me kind of bringing this climate talk into my classroom. It wasn't really, it was never really prompted by the professor, but a lot of the students that I'm talking to, quite a few of them actually, are taking like sustainable, like classes on sustainable design or sustainable industrial design, which good. I, yeah, it's really good. And I was surprised and like, I was pleasantly surprised because um, I think that that's great and that's exactly what we need. But to go a step further, I think we need to just 
it, it shouldn't be just one specific class. Like having one specific class is great, but it also should be integrated into every class and every lesson that we're learning. So the big question then for me is, you know, how, how do we get um, more of that? Because I 100% agree, we need to have it sustainability, climate action as part of all design classrooms, all design classes. And, um, but it seems to be like kind of a barrier of entry in terms of not, not all the faculty or, or, you know, knowledgeable students like you have enough maybe confidence or background to bring it into the classroom. Do you have, do you have any thoughts about how we could help, um, other educators teach sustainability or teach climate action in their design classrooms. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'll preface this just by saying that I'm not an educator and I don't always know what it's like to be an educator and to have to juggle with so many different things, um, just with students and classes and everything. But what I can say is, you know, first of all, be open to the idea that things will be changing like things have to change in order for us to address the climate crisis and whether that's changing entire systems or changing you know in inside the educational system or outside of it like things are going to be things are going to be changing and we have to change the way that we teach students about sustainability and about climate change um, because they will be the ones graduating into a world where climate action is imminent like mm -hmm. it's incredibly imminent um but you know just em embracing the idea that your your classroom dynamics might change your lessons plans might change your your main ideas that you want to teach your students might change and that's okay like you can go with it because students will will thank you for that in the future <laughs> when when they have that information and they're learning about it um and you know also you know, sharing this, this survey and, and my work with your students and getting them involved and, and encouraging them to be talking about this and to learn about this on their own time because that has charged me and, and um, just wanting to learn about this on my own time has really helped me embrace it and, you know, sparked an interest in it for me. Um, and another thing that I think educators can do is to educate themselves just on the basics of the climate crisis and maybe how it intersects with their own discipline. So um, it doesn't have to be anything intense like studying the politics of Biden's Build Back Better plan or um, you know, learning the science behind each greenhouse gas, but maybe it's a general understanding of climate change and how it can impact your field. Like if you're an industrial designer or if you're a graphic designer, like what are the ways that climate uh, impacts and intersects with that niche? Um, you know, it can be a, you can, you can learn a lot from a quick Google search on like the history of paper or where, where the heck it even comes from. Or yeah. um, so, you know, what are the various points of, of creating paper on, on, you know, in that timeline? So, you know, spend some time reading on like articles on circular design and just, you know, things like that, because you can't teach your students what you don't know yourself. Um, right. And so there's, there's just those basic beginning points. Um, and I totally understand that it can be daunting to, to mm -hmm. dive into a climate sphere because there's so much, not only, I think stigma now around climate um, because it can be such a politically charged topic but it doesn't have to be like it, it you can frame it in a way where it's not political but more just it's a human issue and these are humans that are being affected and as humans we can help solve this issue um, and so I think it, it all comes down to just being open and wanting to learn more and wanting to push your students more um, and encouraging them to think in different terms, you know, like prompt your students to create like a social media campaign for a local nonprofit, or maybe it's creating limiting guidelines for new projects. Like, you know, in this project, 
your solution, if you're an industrial designer, your solution can't use plastic or you can't just create an app or a website and call that a sustainable solution because, you know, like we said earlier, there's so much behind the internet and the products that we use for that. Um, so it's kind of, it can be difficult. It can be hard to pinpoint one specific way for educators to get involved, but I think there are a lot of small opportunities that educators can do. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a lot that can be done, but it's hard to pinpoint exactly that. And me talking as like a recent grad, I'm like, educators, this is what you should do. Yeah. It's like, it feels, it feels kind of weird. Um, well, but also I like can I'm say talking that to students. Yeah, just talking to students, right? I, that, that's where I was going to go. Yeah. So you like read my mind. That's funny because <laughs> you were saying like, hey, I'm not an educator. I sh maybe I shouldn't be telling them what to do. As an educator, right, who I don't know, as a, I guess design educator, I don't know everything about design. You know, I don't. I just, there's so many like niche areas and, you know, generally I can talk about them, but I have my own, right, which is this. So uh I'm just wondering, because we had a guest on earlier in the season, and she talked about her professor and how he impacted her um, to become involved. And it was basically that he was just really honest. And he just said, I'm terrified. I, he laid out his feelings to the class. It humanized him, like you said. So I'm wondering, yeah. you know, just if if you're an educator listening and again, you're, you're not totally as well-versed as others, it might just be an opportunity for you to sit with the students and say, I'm scared. I don't really know how to accomplish what we need to accomplish. Maybe let's figure it out together. Instead of me assigning you like yeah. an awareness campaign, let's just talk about how we're all feeling and wherever that could take us I don't know you're a recent grad I'm like if that happened to you in the classroom would that just like weird you out like your professor knows nothing or would that be, <laughs> would that be like a, an open door for very fruitful conversation and, and outcomes I think I think the latter because you know in college it's such a it's such a different dynamic than like being in high school like between professor or between educator and student and in in college you really want to at least I love to get to know my professors and I love to make those kinds of relationships and those connections and if you can make a connection like that on the on the barest and deepest level of where your professor or your educator is literally saying to you like I I don't know all the answers mm -hmm. and I don't have all the answers that is such a like you're saying that's such a great way to open the doors and collaborate with your student or as a student get to collaborate with your educator and right. maybe lay out some goals for for the class for that semester um or some ways to to create lesson plans or to create um just ways for students to get involved and who knows like if that is successful that can snowball into your entire class rallying to the department head because you want <laughs> now climate design to be something that all design classes in your department should be learning about you know so i think there's such a there's so much more that we can do if we team up and if we if we partner right. with yeah. with people rather than doing things on our own that was kind of a eureka thing when you were talking and it reminded me you know, that the idea of working together, a student and educator, because, you know, Ryan reminded me of like back, I was just teaching like a text and image class, right? Just straight up, how to watch the relationship between type and image, basic graphic design fundamental class. And um, I just really liked the assignment so much that I started doing it along with the students. And I think they, and the other professor did that was teaching the class. And it was, that was a really different atmosphere, I think. And the students were a lot more motivated. So I'm wondering, why did I forget that? This is something that I could have been doing in some of my other classes. Um, but just for um, to put a pin in that and go back to something you said about students going to administration, this, this podcast has mainly been about, you know, educators acting. But I'm wondering how much 
and I'm wondering if this is in your survey or it came up in your survey about how much um, onus is on the students, this grassroots, bottom-up type activism of, of them really demanding it. Is this something that's come up or, or just what's your opinion on that? You know, something else that I've found in my survey is that a lot of these students hold some kind of responsibility either as a designer or just as a regular person. A lot of these students hold some kind of responsibility for the climate crisis and mm -hmm. they feel that it's their responsibility to act on this and to, to make change. Um, but they don't necessarily know how to make that change or where that change will come from. And so I think, you know, one great way to do that would be to upend the design education and rework it into something that addresses our social issues, not only climate change, but other social issues like uh, Black Lives Matter or LGBT rights or things like that. And it hasn't explicitly come up in these surveys of like, students wanting to go to their administration, but they want to do something. And I think if we give these students this avenue and this direction, I think they'll just, they'll, they'll see it and they'll run with it, especially if they know that there are other students, not only in the, in the country, in the world, but in their curriculum that also feel the same way. Um, so I think there's a real possibility and a real clear path to bringing this to administrators, to bringing this to to college admins and saying like, we wanna be learning this in our classrooms because this is important and this is our future. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, I, I agree. I found that, you know, I was a department head graphic design for about five, five and a half years. And I found that when the students spoke up, not me, when the students spoke up, things happened. Like there were changes. Mm -hmm. There were meetings. There were, there were, there was movement. Um, a lot of times, just the faculty saying we want to do this, it gets caught in bureaucracy. But when students say something, it's it's heard. They're, they they are they are they're paying our <laughs> salaries. So, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But exactly. what do you hope to come from this? What what's your big goal for the New Wave Research Project? Yeah. So my biggest goal is to graduate is for students to go through college not how I went through college like I want students to go through college and graduate with clear ways that they can use their skills as a designer to impact the climate crisis and to mitigate the climate crisis um, I just want to get climate design into Every, every educational institution in the state. Is that too big of a goal? I don't know. But no, it's I, not. I love that's, it. That's, that's where I want to see this. That's where I see this going. And I want to see students standing up to their administrators um, and working with professors in the meantime um, to get that done. And so it's a super broad goal. It's a super big goal. But and I think the first step is just talking with students and empowering students to learn about this on their own and empowering students to um, feel like they can go to their administrations with this. And so that also opens the can of worms of, all right, well, you know, now I've got, now I want to design decks and I want to yeah. put together like that's step shows two. And <laughs> yeah, step one is the new wave research project, the research. Step two is developing content for students to put this out to their own schools and blast this out to their own networks um, and to really get really get the ball moving in that way. Do you have an end date for your research? Is it going to keep going for another year or are you going to stop it at the end of this year and get on to your step two? What do you need from us think, maybe? <laughs> Other educators. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, so in research, um, I'm not like a professional researcher or anything, but I've spoken to researchers and basically the research project ends when you've reached saturation, which is kind of when you're receiving most of the same answers that you're not learning anything new per se. Gotcha. Um, and so I think I'm going to do one more, at least one more semester of research and really take what I've learned this semester and back in the spring 
both with like my findings, but also just how talking to students has changed or helped or what's worked or what's not, and take that into next semester and do one more semester of research, um, probably where I break up the students into different surveys per niche. I think that might be easier and might help me find trends that I'm not seeing it when they're all Good. together. Um, and then, and then after that, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that this research project can go, but I definitely want to start creating that collateral and start creating ways and opportunities for students to reach out to their administrators and to reach out to each other. Um, so I've also developed some social media pages. I haven't posted on them yet, but they, <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. So that's another, you know, just utilizing social media as well, the tool to uh, get the message out there. Now, as listeners to the program, um, mainly educators possibly, how, how can they become more involved in your survey besides sending it out? Um, is there anything else that we can do to help? Mm, that's a really good question. I think like starting these conversations with your students on your own, um, like sending them to the survey, to the interview page is a great start, but maybe, you know, looking at the survey yourself and seeing what kinds of questions I'm asking students and like, maybe just ask, bring those questions into your classroom. Like at the start of, at the start of a class, you know, propose one or two or three of the questions that I've asked in my survey and just see what your students come back to you with, see what your students think um, and begin to get that ball rolling and, and begin to get them to start thinking about this kind of stuff because it's, it's so important and like, we're not gonna do it alone. Like we can't do it alone. Um, mm -hmm. So just kind of planting that seed and, and planting, planting that seed, sowing it and letting it, watering it and letting it grow in your students' minds. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's, uh, I think that's doable. I think we can do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you... And like we were kind of saying, like, it doesn't have to be a perfect conversation. You don't have mm -hmm. to have all the answers. Um, but, you know, students are really smart. Like, I have met so many smart peers in college and, like, you know, I'm not a professor, but I think I think educators can learn a lot from their students, just as much as we can learn from from you all. Yeah, well, maybe you're on on the path. You're you're doing all the right research strategies. Where one day <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be colleagues, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one day maybe. <laughs> well, last question for you. Um, you mentioned that uh, you don't want your goal is you don't want people to go through. Um, design school like you did. You want climate to be a huge part of their education. So imagine yourself in that, in that new role, you know, future Rachel, <laughs> you're back in design <laughs> school, but it's how you want it to be. What would be like, uh, would there, would you, do you have like a dream project that you would, you would work on potentially as a student involving sustainability, involving climate? And if so, what would project. that be? What would that be? Yeah, no, that's a good question. You know, talking with professors, educators, and students from all over the country, I've gotten a sense of what they're learning in their classes or what they're teaching. And um, one thing that I came across, I talked to Michelle Failer, who I'm not sure if you know, but she's a professor at ASU and she's part of the great. climate designers. Um, uh, organization and she her program does like a final showcase at the end of the semester where each of the students has been working on this like semester-long social impact project and they get to showcase it at the end of the semester and it's like a big thing and and a lot of people from the school come and look and see what they've made and what they've created and so I think something something like that where students get to choose the social initiative of their choice, whether it be climate or whether it be another important social issue, but like preferably climate, that, <laughs> they, that they get to work on for an entire semester and get to come up with a solution and have been, you know, 
tinkering with this and, and using design thinking principles throughout the entire semester and honing this in um, and then getting to show that to a huge audience, getting to show that to your school. Um, be great. I think we need more. Yeah, I think we need more projects like that because that can involve not only your class, not only your department, but your entire school. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, this, this works in ripple effects like this. You may create your social impact project for that and someone comes and sees it and is like, whoa, that's super cool. I never thought of that. I mm -hmm. want to learn more and I want to get more involved. So I would love to see something like that happen at Elon where there's like a big social initiative project that students get to work on for the entire semester and um, really just put it out there to the community and to the world. Yeah, I like that. I think also either the student or the faculty member could, you know, look at the social issue and say like, who are the right people that need to be at this event, this showcase where yeah. they're talking about X social issue, like that community member needs to be there because, hey, there's, there's a possible, there's a possible solution it's just sitting here. Yeah, exactly. Like that would be, that would just be incredible. Like, and imagine <laughs> like how much of a a boost that would be for the student too to be able to think to themselves exactly. like wow i worked all semester on this project and here's someone who can actually help me work on this and bring bring this project to life i think that is that would be incredible i know that I, that'd feel incredible for me as a student um to be able to have accomplished something like that in a semester so um, and then, yeah, the, then that plants the seed for, for more <laughs> students to think about it and, and for that student to continue this line of work for, for their career. Well, you are incredible. And it's been a, a nice conversation uh, and a very informative one. And I, and I hope that for our listeners that they've, they can take away some um, of the lessons you've learned from other students and how they can be more involved in their design classrooms. And so speaking of which, can you run down again where we can find your survey and um, how the educators can get more involved in um, helping you um, get to where you wanna go? Yes, so educators, you can find your link at climatedesigners.org slash edu slash new wave. And that will give you information as far as like how to share this with your students, how to send an email to your students, um, where the survey and interview links are. And you can share with your students the link, um, climatedesigners.org slash edu slash new wave survey. And that's information for your students. It gives them more of their, like the links to the interview and the survey. And you can, you know, just, just begin by starting these conversations with your students in your classroom. Like, like we said, you don't have to know everything, but knowing something, having a small tidbit of information to share with them is, is better than nothing. Um, so yeah, check out those links. Um, they're, I'm really excited about this project and where, where it can go. <laughs> and, you know, thank you so much for giving us the platform, Eric, like yeah, you're doing no. incredible work yourself with thank talking you. with educators and talking for educators um and this is this has been great so thank you well thanks for coming on and i look forward to finding out uh, more about where this goes as well well that's a wrap for season one of climify it was a lot of work uh, a lot of fun and I definitely learned uh, a heck of a lot from all the guests that I had on this program. And I truly appreciate all of them being on the program and spending time they didn't have in their busy schedules to help educate not only me, but hopefully you, our listeners. And speaking of you, our listeners, I really appreciate all of you tuning in. And uh, I know you're busy. I know you have a lot to do, just like I do, and spending 45 minutes, 50 minutes listening to a podcast may not be the, the time that you have in your day to spend, but I truly appreciate that you did, and I also look forward to uh, season two, which will be coming in 2022, 
and got a whole bunch of new people going to be on the show. I look forward to hearing from you more on Instagram about how we did, how uh, the show went for you, and what you want to learn more about. Speaking of which, speaking of learn more, exciting news, don't press stop yet. Big announcement coming out from Climate Designers and Climify in that break period where we are not going to be on the air, Climify will still be going on. There's something, I think, pretty amazing happening with Rachel, who we just talked with, and Grace Tursich, who was actually one of my former students, uh, fans of the show, listeners of the show. They pitched me, uh, geez, last month, about something they want to call Climify Deep Dive. And on that program, which you'll hear a commercial for next, they go into more of the details of the terminology, data, and stories that our guests told to better explain them not only to the general listener, but also our students. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Rachel and Grace, introducing Climify Deep Dive. Climify is all about bringing together climate experts and design educators with one goal in mind, to create a more sustainable world. Eric's discussions are full of interesting ideas and important takeaways, but as young climate designers, we found ourselves left with more questions than answers. I'm Grace, a 2020 graduate from the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. And I'm Rachel, a 2021 graduate from Elon University. We're hosting Climify Deep Dives, a mini-series right here on Climify that takes a closer look at the topics Eric and his guests discuss. We'll reflect on things like industry-wide practices, the systemic responsibilities of designers, ethical debates, and more. And as recent grads, we'll be coming at these topics from a student's perspective that may help inform your own classroom discussions. Join us for this mini-series and don't miss any updates to Climify Deep Dives by signing up for the Climate Designers Educators Newsletter at climatedesigners.org slash edu slash climify. Thanks for listening to Climify. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To catch all the latest on Climify, you can follow us on Instagram at Climify Podcast. Climify is part of Climate Designers. Learn more at climatedesigners.org slash edu.